Good morning, everyone. Actually, just before I start, Les said this morning, I was just listening to Les as we were, about prayer. He says, oh, it's, we've prayed, prayed a lot this morning. It's good to pray. I'm just reminded of things I've uh, I read this week. Um, in my, I do a morning devotion. I try and get up early before the pressures of the day get busy. And this week I read... Um, I read about four or five different passages and I keep, and before I read it, I asked God, can you just show me what's in this passage? And I read one passage and it, it talked about Jesus was busy trying to heal a paralysed man and then he slipped away from the crowd and he went to a quiet place and it says he found a place of solitude and he prayed. And then I read another passage the following day and he was amongst people on the Sea of Galilee and it was really busy and he was trying to help people again. He was a pretty busy bloke, wasn't he? And then he found a quiet spot and he said, can you just take me out in the boat? I just need to get away and, and pray. And that was two. And then the, I read another one. He was in another town and he withdrew from the crowd and he said, I just need to spend time with my father. And he disappeared to a quiet place up the mountain and prayed. And the whole week I've been saying, Lord, please speak to me through your word and help me to understand what what it is and then it dawned on me yeah well Jesus needed time to take out to pray so Liz said this morning how important it is to pray so I thought I'd just share that something that I thought if Jesus needs time out to pray then yeah then I think it's great to spend time to pray so let's read and see what Jesus is going to tell us this morning about his word so Luke 5 1 to 11 one day as Jesus was standing on the the lake of Gisenerat, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out your nets into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught a thing. <laughs> I wish I can relate to that. Um, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When you've done so, they caught, sorry, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. Never experienced that. So they signalled their partners to the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. Testing one, two. Okay. And so I said to my mate, eh, can I see the pulpit? It was a very beautiful old church and the pulpit was so big, Paul, and you couldn't see me. I mean, I was like that and I could be on my tippy toes, you wouldn't be able to see me. So I said to him, I need a box. I said, mate, get a box or else people will not see me. And mine, they didn't have one of these little awesome tools. There was just one 
microphone on that large pulpit. So my mate is hurrying, calling around, and they bring a box. Sure enough, it's a big box. And for the first time, I look tall. (laughs) It is a privilege to be here, and um, I always tell people that I've got the best job, and and, um, I don't come from a home where my parents uh, were raised in a Christian home. Matter of fact, my father was a chronic alcoholic, a lost person. My mum, on the other hand, um, her mother was raped and my mum was this unwanted child and um, grew up in a Catholic convent, never hearing the word, I love you. In their mid-40s, my parents came to know Christ and God began changing their lives. And um, so I know that God chooses people the least people that you would think, man, and I would be probably one of the least person you would ever think be up front preaching and teaching. I dedicated my life in a police station. I was a troubled teenager. And you know what, guys? If you would have asked me when I was a teenager, would you ever consider to be a missionary? I would have laughed at their face. As a matter of fact, I'll never forget that. Um, my youth pastor... Ivan Kabiris, look at this small world. Lynn and uh, your dad's name again? Stephen. They, you know, they own Autobahn. Well, Autobahn's headquarters is in Melbourne. The head graphic designer was my youth pastor. I mean, how crazy is that? And um, I, I, I was in Melbourne recently and, and, and I caught up with Ivan. I'm actually. Yeah, it was probably two, three years ago when he was actually there and he was, and he was just telling me a little bit of how Autobahn works. And, and so when he, Ivan was my youth pastor and um, I'm this troubled teenager, God calls Ivan and his wife to go to Bible college in, South, in Argentina. And I sit back and they were asked to come to the front so they can be prayed on to give them the blessing as they go to, to college. And I sat there and I said, I literally said these words, stupid choices. How could you go to Bible college? How boring is that? I mean, that's for nerds. And little did I knew, a few years later, I was up front and my church were praying for me as I went off to Bible college in Argentina. So I know the grace of God. I know that God calls people and he places people a desire in their heart, a passion, a purpose. And without a doubt, as I come to this passage in Scripture, and by the way, brother, I've had long times fishing and caught nothing too, and, but never had this kind of miracle. So, but um, it, it's an incredible passage because it preaches by itself. Verse 1, chapter 5 begins, and he says, So it was, as the multitude pressed about, to hear the word of God. Straight away you find in chapter 5, verse 1, there's this gathering of people, multitudes, 
And it says that the multitude were pressed to hear Jesus' teaching. Look at chapter 4, verse 22. It says, So all bore witness to him, and they marveled. They marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of the mouth of Jesus. Verse 32 of the same chapter. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his words was with authority. So no wonder the multitudes are pressing around because every time Jesus was teaching, people marveled. People were astonished. It's interesting that as you read the context, we don't know exactly the message what Jesus was teaching. Evidently, he was teaching. But what we do know very, very clear was his mission. His mission was very clear because we're going to see the example of how Jesus is calling people. Aren't you excited about that? That every person that is seated today, we all have God's calling on our lives. But you say, hang on a minute, Martin, but uh, God has called Les and Paul to be the minister of this church. Yes. And God has called me to be in full-time missionary. Yes. But God also has called every single person here to be an instrument. God has called Luke to be an instrument. And God has called each one of us, Shaq and Sam, all of us. But what is the difference? Perhaps maybe I'm not listening to that calling. They marvel and astonish at his teaching. Verse 2, and he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. I entitled this message, Radical. Radical. Now, if you look at that word, radical, it does have various definitions. I came to one definition of this word that said an extreme action. I like that. So when we think about radical in this message, I want to challenge you for us to think about an extreme action. It is radical to follow Jesus. We're going against the current. And we need radical people. So what we find as we think about the word radical, David Platt 
wrote a book, a matter of fact, it's called Radical. And he writes, radical obedience to Christ is not easy. It's not comfort, not health, not wealth, not prosperity in this world. Radical obedience to Christ risks losing all things. But in the end, such risk finds its reward in Christ and is more than enough for us. And we're going to find in this story something incredible that happens. And we find radical obedience. But let me give you this key principle. Because this key principle is going to help us to understand what we are going to be taught this morning. And this is the principle. Spiritual advancement is measured by faithful obedience. If you may forget everything what I teach today, would you memorize this statement? Spiritual advancement, moving forward, is measured by faithful obedience. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches that it is required for a steward, for a leader, to be what? To be faithful. To be faithful. So that's our key principle that we've got to be understanding as we go through this message. So how do we understand this story? First of all, there was a radical request. Now, class, the art of learning is repetition. And so I'm going to put four fundamental concepts. I'm going to make it easier for you guys. It starts with the letter R. There was a radical request. What was this request? Well, if you look in the Bible, verse Three. Then he got into the boat, which was Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. When he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Mum and dads, grandparents, we've had all nighters with our grandkids and children, hey? And we get grumpy when we're tired, we get annoyed when we're tired. Simon had been fishing all night. Now, you've got to understand this. Simon is a professional fisherman. He knows the times when to go fishing. He knows the places where the, where the fish are. That's his business. And now this carpenter, who's not a professional fisherman, tells him, Hey, Simon, launch out into the deep. 
and put your nets down. It's daytime now. Now, friends, why was it a radical request? Well, it was a radical request because you don't catch many fish during the day. And in that particular Sea of Galilee, the fish were in the shallow, not the deep. That's a radical request. And so for a radical request, what is the next point? A radical what? Response. Why? Why there's a radical response? Look at the text. I toiled night and caught nothing. Verse 5. Here it comes. Nevertheless, nevertheless, at your word, I will let the net. That's crazy. He's tired. He's grumpy. He's all the above. He's telling someone that is not a fisherman what to do. But he stops and he says, Nevertheless, at your word, at your word, at your word. That's a radical response. If there's a radical request, they needed a radical response. Now, Paul Chapman, Chapel, is a pastor in California. He writes this. Before anything great will come will be accomplished for Christ, we must take the decision to launch out at his command. Now, ladies and gentlemen, often we don't understand trials and afflictions. And I believe Nat shared about her sister-in-law, correct? We just got a report... Word of Life is an international organization. We're based in 73 countries, over 1,500 full-time missions all around the world. And one of our staff members in Europe, we just got the news. Her parents were driving, involved in a car accident. Mom is 47 years of age. Dad is 51 years of age. And they had their last child who was four years old and born in a car accident and all three would die. All three died. Her name is Kara. Kara's parents are in heaven. Her youngest brother, four years of age, in glory. And we don't understand that. We don't. And the trials and afflictions, and often we don't understand it. But if you go through the Bible, there were many people that experienced much affliction and they never understood. For example, Joseph. 
As a teenager, he, he had all these dreams and he envisioned what God had for him, but then he was sold. He was a slave. He's keeping himself pure, and then suddenly uh, the, 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 the wife of his boss is, is trying to seduce him, and, and he says no to temptation, and, and he runs, and, and now he's thinking he's doing the right thing, and he is doing the right thing. He is making godly choices. But then what happens? Because of his godly choices, he's put to prison. And he's there in prison, perhaps questioning God, perhaps questioning the circumstances. But then later you hear, nevertheless, God had a purpose. You look in the book of Job, a man who, who was also, who lived with integrity. And he had no idea that, in etern- that, that heavens were talking, there was a conversation between God and, and, and the devil. And he had no idea the different trials. His children are killed. He loses possessions physically. He has this disease that some historian, theologian believe is kind of a little bit like leprosy and boils. He, and then he comes and he's surrounded by some, some friends who are finding it hard to understand why he's going through these trials and affliction. And you know what, friends? Job goes through the whole process to the end of the chapter and he's never told why. Nevertheless, God, at your word, let me read to you a verse that I hope shall stir your heart. It's found in Psalms 119. Psalms 119, look what it says, verse 71. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn, that I may learn your word. That's radical. I'll read it again. Psalms 119, verse 71. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I that I might learn your word. There was a radical request that needed a radical response. But then, they say what? A radical reward. Radical request, class, Radical response to a radical reward. Look at the text, Luke chapter 5, verse 6. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and the net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats. So they began to sink. Now, friends, you got to understand this. you got to see the context. That particular night, nobody 
caught fish. Not even Peter and the rest of his mates. God was doing, God was preparing to do something crazy, something radical. He was going to do a miracle. And he was preparing, conditioning the situation. And when Simon said, nevertheless, at your word, this total submission at his authority, God did something. And the Bible says that he had to call his mates. Hey, guys, come. Bring your boats. Come. And all his mates are there with the boats and the fishing. How crazy is that? And the boat begins to sink. Aren't you glad as we witness this story to see the obedience of Simon? What if, what if Simon would have said, you know what, Lord? I'm going to bed. <laughs> I've heard of what you've done, but you know what? I'm tired. I, I, I want to I go to bed. And, and you know what? He could have justified it. Tomorrow I'll go fishing again. Or he could have said, Jesus, hang on a minute. I'm going to question your word. And I'm going to dispute it. And I'm going to argue with you because you know what? You don't get it. I've been fishing. I'm experienced. I know what I'm doing. I'm the expert. You're not. And you could have argued that. He could have done that. And he would have missed out of this radical reward. And often that happens in our lives, friends. Often that answered prayer is just around the corner. Often that answered prayer is just around the corner that God is saying, continue, 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 continue persisting. No wonder the Bible teaches when we pray to ask, to seek, and to knock. And if you study that grammatically, it's, it's a continual verb. It's saying, keep on, keep on, keep on asking. Keep on, keep on, keep on seeking. Keep on, keep on, keep on knocking. Is there a persistent attitude in your life? Perhaps it's a person that you've been praying and that person has not come to Christ yet. Do you give up? No. No. Nevertheless, at your word, at your promise, I'll do it. Radical reward. George Mueller, the great missionary, said these words. 
There is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where men's power ends. See, God wants to do. He wants to use us. And you know what? God wants us to pray for the impossibles. Can I challenge you this morning, friends? As we've been talking about prayer, there's no coincidence. A great theologian once said this, the reason why we pray, because there's a devil. The reason why we pray, there's a devil. Another Bible scholar said these words, Prayer defeats the devil. When he comes with his temptations, when he comes with all these things to deceive us, prayer gives us the strength and the power to overcome those sins. But do you pray for the most difficult people in your community? Do you pray perhaps for those who are your drug dealers? Do you pray for those that perhaps are your drug mules and, and drug users? Do you pray for those teenagers that are, that are wrestling with their sexuality? Are you praying for families that are broken? Are you, are you praying for even people who think they have it all, they're rich and wealthy and, and need no God? Do you pray for that person that says, I don't believe in God, I'm an atheist? Do you pray for those who are agnostic? Do you pray evangelistically for your community? Can I challenge you to pray? Students, pray for the hardest kid in your school, the bully. The mean one, the angry one. Somebody once said this usually, usually, those that hurt others are hurting themselves. There will be rewards. I have to say, and Les was witness with some of your youth leaders, Shaq and Sam inspired those teenagers, but you guys inspired my soul. And pray for these two young teenagers of church that God will protect their hearts. And you teenagers, keep yourself pure. Love God's word. Learn to pray and to believe in the power of prayer. God can change people. It should be all of us. Well, class, radical request to a radical, secondly, response, 
Radical? Reward? Luke, final one? Thank you, bro. You're reading, bro. Don't fall asleep with me, Luke. Radical reaction. Look what happens. This is pretty cool. This is amazing. Look what happens. And verse 8, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down on his knees and he said, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. You know why that's so important? Because Simon could have said, Hey, look at me. <laughs> I did the impossible with the fishing. He could have taken credit to his mates. Hey, told you so. Just hang on with he just fell to his knees and he acknowledged God. That's what you have to do, guys. Give God the glory. God doesn't share his glory with us. He gives us the privilege to serve alongside with him. He gives us the privilege to be instruments, but he doesn't share his glory. Everything that we do, we give glory to him. My favorite verse is Psalms 109, verse 27, that says that they may know that this is your hand, God, that you have done. It's God's hand. It's God's work. It's not ours. It's God's glory. And Peter understood that. He said, no, no, I'm not getting it. I'm a sinful man. What I experienced was a radical miracle, and I'm giving glory to him. It's a radical reaction. But then also, folks, look what happens in, in, in the last, when, when Jesus says to him, okay, Simon, from now on, you're going to catch men. And look at verse 11. So when they brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed Jesus. How crazy is that? They left everything behind. They said, Jesus, I'm on board. I'm on board of your mission. I'm on board of your calling. I'm on board. I'm on board. Friends, that was a radical request. It required a radical response. That was a radical reward. And the reaction was, hey, Lord, take my life. I give glory to you. And I want to follow you. Wherever you take me. That might mean praying for people. That might mean being generous and giving. That might even mean actually going. What's your calling? Father, we love you. We pray that the Holy Spirit would just stir in our hearts as your word was proclaimed that you would make the difference in our lives. Daddy, we love you so much and we're so thankful that you have called us. We pray all this in the name of Jesus.